Hello and welcome to Connect Points podcast and sermon archives. If you'd like to learn more about our church, please go online to our website at connectpointupc.com or follow us on our Facebook page. Thank you very much and I hope you enjoy this week's message. God bless. don't have a Bible, you can use your phone. If you don't have the Bible on your phone, you can share with your neighbor. And we will also have it on the screen. Amen. Matthew, the 16th chapter, verses 1 through 3. If you're there, say, I'm there. The Pharisees also with the Sadducees came and tempting desired him that he would show them a sign from heaven. So two different groups of people come to Jesus and they want to see a sign from heaven. They want him to do something for them. And he answered and said unto them, when it is evening, you say it will be fair weather for the sky is red. And in the morning it will be foul weather today, for the sky is red and lowering. O ye hypocrites, you can discern the face of the sky, but can you not discern the signs of the times? Amen. I just want to use that verse today as just kind of a jumping off point of what God has laid upon my heart for us this morning. And that is uh, this simple subject, bad weather in a good climate. Bad weather in a good climate. Why don't you find five people, give them a high five, tell them they look good in God's house. context of the scripture we just read there is much more to dig into and much more to see but I just wanted to make this simple point that Jesus rebukes the Pharisees and the Sadducees because they could discern the weather they could see what the weather was doing and they could dictate their lives based upon their discernment of the weather but they could not discern their spiritual and moral climate And he calls them a wicked and adulterous generation. And when we look at these terms, weather and climate, we need to understand that they are not one and the same. For weather implies the atmospheric conditions that are prevailing at any given place or time. It is the current state. It is what you are experiencing right now that is the prevailing weather. The word climate is something different. The word climate is the characteristic condition of a region. It's not what's happening right now. It's what the norm is. It's what is usually taking place, how the weather usually acts. 
Some people tried to run from place to place, trying to find the good weather instead of just settling where there's a good climate. Now, I'm preaching this message on this beautiful day. And I will, you know, not preach this message a couple months from now. (laughs) But there are people who spend their time trying to just travel, go, run to and fro, trying to find the good weather instead of just settling in a place where there is a good climate. There is no place where the sun shines every day. There is no place where it is perfection every day. However, I do believe that there is a spiritual climate that is a superior climate to anything that the world has to offer. I do believe that there is a place in a relationship with God that you can get that has a much more important value attached to it in the long term. There is a place where you could be warmed by the fires of the Holy Spirit. There is a place where you can bask in the sunshine of the light of the world, which is Jesus Christ. Has anybody made up their mind, I'm just going to stick with Jesus? No matter what comes, no matter what I go through, I'm sticking with Jesus. Oh, hallelujah. This week, as we watched what was going on in Florida, the truth is, is that we don't really learn any new lessons from watching Hurricane Ian, because hurricanes are not a new weather phenomenon. Since 1851, nearly 300 hurricanes have hit the United States of America. That's not all the hurricanes, it's just the ones that have hit our nation And of all of those 300 that have hit our nation, predominantly they hit Florida. Most of the time, that is where they make their landfall. And yet people continue to build and rebuild in the same places that have been devastated by hurricanes before. You can have a lot of opinions on that, and you could say that why would anybody ever do that? But really, the decision-making is, is they're not making their decision based upon bad weather. They're making their decision based upon a good climate. They're making their decision based upon the fact that it's not always a hurricane and most of the time the sun is shining and it's not always dark and rainy and the winds are not always strong. Most of the time it is uh, rather pleasant and so they are not making the decision uh, to leave. In fact, more people live in Florida today than probably have ever lived uh, in the state of Florida because they're not leaving because of bad weather. They're staying because of good climate. You see the difference today day. The story of the prodigal son, a young man who left a good climate looking for what he thought would be better weather, left a stable home looking for something that he thought would be more exciting, left a a strong and regular income looking for something that he thought would be more appealing to his flesh. And so he tells his daddy, I want my inheritance now and I'm going to go out and I'm going to live it up in the world and everything is fine for a little while. But it's very temporary And the world tempts him, and then the world turns on him. Hear this preacher today. I said the world tempts him, but then the world turns on him. 
It starts out as a beautiful sunny day and he's got more friends that he can count. But then the money runs out and the storm clouds roll in and he starts wishing I could get back to my daddy's house again because I don't like the weather out here in the world. I had a good climate back home. Oh, hallelujah. He longed again for the consistent climate of his father's house. Oh, hallelujah. The consistent climate of his father's house. The apostle Paul knew what I'm preaching about today when he found himself a prisoner on a ship in the midst of a storm. They throw everything overboard and they're holding on for dear life. Nobody's controlling the ship anymore. The winds are howling. The ship is being tossed to and fro, and they are literally just hunkered down uh, in the ship, uh, praying and hoping that something uh, would save their lives. And then Paul comes in Acts 27, and he says, I exhort you to be of good cheer. He tells them in that moment, he probably had to say it like this, hey, guys, hey, Everything's all right. Be of good cheer. You say, that sounds ridiculous, Paul. That doesn't make any sense at all. But he says um, in verses 22 through 24, be of good cheer, for there shall not be a loss of any man's life among you. The ship's going to be destroyed, by the way, but you're going to be all right. How many want to hear that on a ship? You're all going to be fine. The ship will get destroyed. Yeah, but we're, but we're on the ship. Everything's going to be great. We're going to make it. For there stood by me this night the angel of God, whose I am and whom I serve, saying, Fear not, Paul. Thou must be brought before Caesar. And lo, God hath given thee all of them that sail with thee on the ship. He says, Paul, the reason why you don't have to be afraid right now is because this is just a moment. You have a lot of story left after this. There's places I need you to go. There's people I need you to talk to. There's things I'm going to use your ministry to accomplish. And I know it feels like it's all falling. Oh, hallelujah. It feels like it's all falling apart right now, but you just hold on and don't be afraid because God's got it all figured out. I'm preaching to somebody today that walked in here on this beautiful Sunday, but your life is all torn up and it's all falling apart and the wind is howling and the rain is blowing. I've come to tell you, you're in a good climate right now. This is a good climate. This is a place where God can change everything and turn your story upside down and he can heal and he can deliver and he can set free. Oh, I wish everybody would clap their hands under the Lord. He says, don't be afraid, Paul. I've got more for you to do. I believe I'm looking at a crowd of people today that God has more for you. This isn't the end. God has more for you. Oh, hallelujah. When everybody else was screaming and whining and complaining and staring at the storm, Paul was talking with the angel of God, and he was getting his faith focused on the future. Who are you talking to today? Who are you conversing with today? Who are you listening to today? Somebody telling you that it's all going down? Somebody telling you that it's hopeless? 
somebody telling you you might as well throw in the towel? Or have you lifted your eyes up yet? Oh, hallelujah. Have you tuned your ears toward God yet? Because if you'll do that before you leave this place today, I promise you, you're going to hear a still, calm voice that's going to speak into your spirit and tell you it's not over yet. We see David's life from boyhood to death. We see mighty, mighty victories. And we see some horrible defeats and failures. And we see a lot of lessons learned in the life of David. And David says in the 37th Psalm, I have been young and I am now old, yet I have not seen the righteous forsaken, nor his seed begging bread. We see almost the entirety of this man's life laid out in Scripture. And we can name the victories, but we can name the defeats and the failures. And yet when he's an old man, he says, I want you to hear me. I've been alive a long time, and I've been with my God a long time, and I've been on mountaintops, and I've been in valleys. But the constant, the consistent, the one thing I could always rely on was my God was going to be there for me, whether I was walking through the valley of the shadow of death or standing on a battlefield with a giant whether I had everybody on my side or I'm all alone in a cave I had a God who was with me in the good times and the bad oh hallelujah there are bad days but when I look at the whole picture oh hallelujah when I look at the whole picture God's been good to me hallelujah Leviticus tells us about the Feast of Tabernacles. It was a feast that was celebrated with much joy. It lasted eight days, the first and last being observed as Sabbath. And for seven days, the family would leave their homes and they would live in what the Bible calls booths, which were these like huts that they would make with the, these small shelters that they made with thick cut trees and palm trees. They would leave their homes and go out a ways and they would make these shelters out of palm trees and stuff. And that's where they would live for the Feast of Tabernacles. And they would rejoice before the Lord during the entirety of this feast. They would celebrate and rejoice and dance before the Lord. For seven days they would do this. And they would do all of this with the music and the prayer and the worship unto God and living in those little huts. They would do it to remember when they lived in the wilderness. They would remember their tents in the wilderness. They would remember the time of their nomadic experience. They would remember the de deliverance of, of their forefathers uh, from Egypt's bondage. And so they would have this feast once a year, and they would build those booths, uh, and they would worship God uh, so that they would never forget uh, that they had safekeeping uh, in a time of trouble, so that they would never forget when the water was bitter, God was there to make it sweet, uh, so that they they would never forget when the food ran out. God brought manna from heaven so that they would never forget water from a rock. That they would never forget that nobody got sick and everybody was taken care of. And they were always watched over by the almighty God. Yeah, they had to go through the wilderness for a little while. Yes, there was a lot of turmoil and treacherous activity. But they remembered that God kept his hand upon us even in the tough times, even in the struggle even when everything, we were going through some bad weather, but the one who dictated the climate was watching over us. Oh, hallelujah. 
The church at its worst is better than the world at its best. Oh, hallelujah. You say, well, you have to say that. You're the preacher. They pay you to say that. First of all, they don't pay me to say anything. (laughs) I don't say that because I'm the preacher. I say that because I've been in this for a long time now. And I've watched a lot of people come out of the world. And I can tell you with a 100% certainty, oh, hallelujah, that the church on its worst day, and we have some bad days. The church has some bad days. Sometimes I mess it all up. Sometimes we make mistakes. Sometimes we don't do what we're supposed to do. We're not always as Christian as we should be. I appreciate the amen. I also would have had to stop and preach that for 10 minutes. <laughs> I'm glad we're on the same page. We're not always everything we're supposed to be. But I declare to you today that the church still at its worst is far and away better than the world at its very best. The best day you ever had in the world can't even compare. It can't even rise to the occasion of the goodness and the mercy of God, of the wonder of being a part of the family of God and the blessing of the church. The blessing of the church. This was so without measure. And there's nothing the world has to offer that compares. There's a good climate in here. I said it's a good climate in here. Hey Amen. Yeah, we have some bad days, but we, we don't run off because of the bad days. We live in a good climate. It's a good place to be a part. This is a good place to get connected. Hey Amen. It's not just a tagline. When we say get connected, stay connected, live connected, we're talking about get in the climate of Jesus. Get in the climate of Christianity. Get in the climate. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. How do we endure bad weather in a good climate? The psalmist wrote, you know it, in the 23rd Psalm, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I were Fear no evil. How? How is that possible? Because thou art with me. I rod in thy staff. They comfort me. Because thou art with me. He's talking to his God. He's talking to his God. Because as much as I believe in the church, the church often referred to as the bride of Christ, the body, is not God. And the church may not always be able to be there, but he is. The church is not my ever-present help in time of trouble. God is my ever-present help in time of trouble. Amen. God is my ever-present help, and he's the one that's as close uh, as the mention of his name. Oh, hallelujah. When I'm in a tragic moment, uh, when I'm in the middle of the night and something's desperately wrong, I don't yell out, connect point. <laughs> no, sir. No, ma'am. In those moments, there's a name that is above every other name. 
Oh, hallelujah. In those moments, there is a name that the God of heaven responds to. It is Jesus. And in those moments when no one's around and nobody can help me and I need a miracle, I say, Jesus, and he's as close as the mention of his name. It doesn't matter if I get caught up in the storm or everything's turning around. There is a God who can step out out on the bow of the boat and he can say, peace, be still. And the wind and the waves obey him. The disciples saw Jesus do a lot of things, but when he stepped out on the bow of that boat and he said, peace be still, and the waves laid down, they were in awe and amazed. And they said, even the wind and the waves obey him. He can change the weather. And what's amazing about that to us is, is that They were just seeing him calm one storm. They weren't even fully aware yet that he created the whole system. (laughs) He's the one who said the waters can only go this far. He's the one who said the winds have to go here, be here, do this. He's the one who... They were in amazement of him and they didn't even know the fullness of his power yet. Oh, hallelujah. We serve a God who controls the climate. Oh, hallelujah. He can make a difference where nobody else can make a difference. He can change what nobody else can change. Now, look at this real quickly with me. Matthew 5. You've probably heard it before. It tells us that God sendeth rain on the just and the unjust. Right? Everybody say on the just and the unjust. Everybody say on me and you. And I'll let you figure out which one you are. <laughs> I tricked you. Gotcha. He lets the rain fall on the just and the unjust. We get that. Anybody that ever promised you that if you came to Christ, every day of your life was going to be perfect, doesn't know Christ, doesn't know the Bible, there's nothing in the Bible that says that. Nothing. In fact, Jesus, our greatest example, didn't just live in perfection on this earth, did he? Everything was in blue skies and sunshine. He says the rain will fall on the just and the unjust. It's always hard to pray about the weather, isn't it? It's always hard when you're having a picnic and it looks like it's going to rain. You're praying, Lord, don't let it rain. And then you remember that there's somebody else across town praying, God, we need the rain. God, we need the rain. Let it rain. (laughs) I don't know if you're praying for a sports team today but somebody's praying against you. (laughs) He says the rain falls on the just and on the unjust. That's how it works. That's how it works. But there's another interesting thing in Proverbs 13 that we need to understand. It says the way of the transgressors is hard. That word way means 
a road as trodden or a course of life. The Bible is very honest. The Bible tells you that some days it's going to rain. Some days it's going to flood. We have apostolic churches in Florida that are flooded today. Can't have church today. Good apostolic Pentecostal people's homes who got destroyed. The Bible tells us it's going to happen like that sometimes. It tells us also, though, that there's a God who keeps us, watches over us, and maybe even more importantly, brings us through. Oh, I love that about my God. Oh, hallelujah. He doesn't ever, he doesn't ever say things aren't going to go bad. He does say, I can keep you through it. He does promise I can watch over you in it. He does promise that, oh, hallelujah, there will be another day. There will be a sunrise again. But the Bible tells us in Proverbs, the way of the transgressors is hard. The way, the road they choose to walk or the daily life that they choose to lead. The climate they choose to live in is hard. It's hard. If you want to walk that road, you can He's not going to make you do anything you don't want to do. If you want to choose that path, choose it. Nobody's stopping you. We live in a free country. But the Bible says, just so you know, if you choose that road, it's going to be hard. Which means I don't get to choose the way of the transgressor and then complain and whine to God constantly. It means I don't get to choose the path of the transgressor and then look up to heaven and say, God, where are you? How come this is going wrong? How come I'm dealing with this issue? How come I'm struggling? How come my kid's broken? How come my kid's addicted? How come my marriage is falling? You don't get to live in the climate of the transgressor and expect the sun to shine all the time. It's hard, the Bible says. It's hard to walk that path. It's hard if you choose that road. And the reason why God is pointing that out is he's saying you have a choice. You can determine for yourself the path you want to walk. Grandma didn't choose it for you. Daddy did not choose it for you. You can choose for yourself. The path that you want to walk. And if you want to walk the path of the transgressor, then you're going to deal with more storms than sunshine. If you want to walk the path of the transgressor, then you're going to deal with a whole lot more pain than you are perfection. Oh yeah, even the devil will throw you a, a bone every once in a while and try to make you think everything's good. But you know, and God knows the climate of your life is tumultuous and stormy and dark and painful. Or you can choose Jesus and everyone once in a while it's going to rain but you're going to come out on the other side every once in a while there's going to be a storm but you're going to live in a climate of peace so hallelujah you're going to live in a climate of love you're going to live in a climate of strength oh hallelujah Ezekiel 34 this is something I just saw this week Ezekiel 34 God scolds the shepherds of Israel. And in the context of shepherds, and this, in this context, he's speaking of the kings and the leaders of the people. He's, he's speaking of the authority figures. 
that they're not caring for the people. You're not taking care of the people, he says. And the Lord scolds them, and then the Lord teaches of something when he says in Ezekiel 34, 11 through 12, For thus saith the Lord God, Behold, I, even I, will both search my sheep and seek them out. As the shepherd seeketh out his flock in the day that he is among his sheep that are scattered. So I will seek out my sheep and will deliver them out of all the places where they have been scattered in the cloudy and dark day. Mm. That's awesome. They had endured a cloudy and dark day. A cloudy and dark day had come and set over them. Difficult times were upon them. But the Lord says, I will seek out my sheep and I will deliver them. Ezekiel 34, 15 and 16, he takes it even further. Look at it closely. I will feed my flock and I will cause them to lie down, saith the Lord. God, I will seek that which was lost and bring again that which was driven away and will bind up that which was broken and will strengthen that which was sick. He said a cloudy and dark day came over them. A storm came blowing into their life. A bunch of things that were painful happened to them. But I make a declaration as the king, as the Lord, as the chief shepherd that I'm seeking them out. I'm going to go find wherever the wind blew them. I'm going to go find them. Whatever is broken, I'm going to heal it. Whatever their, their wounds are, I'm going to bind it up. They're, they're full of turmoil and they're all stressed out, but I'm going to cause them to lay down and I'm going to give them some rest and I'm going to give them. We've got a God who declares that when the cloudy and the dark days come and start messing up everything, he is going to search us out. I believe that the eyes of the master shepherd are upon us today. I believe the eyes of the Lord are upon us, that he's been seeking people out. He's been, he's been reaching. I believe there are people here today because the shepherd went and found you. He's pulled you close. You may not even know why you're here today. Let me tell you why. It's because there's a shepherd, and his name is Jesus, and he loves you very much. And he knows you've been tossed to and fro, and he knows that you're dealing with brokenness and pain, but he's here to bind up the broken. Oh, hallelujah. He's here to preach deliverance unto the captives. Praise God. Would you just raise your hands just a second? I feel the Lord just talking to us right here. Somebody raise your hands in your voice. Just, Lord Jesus, I pray. Help us to get what you're trying to impart unto us today. Help us, Lord Jesus. Help this word to come into our hearts today. Help us to receive it. Help us not to push it away. Help us not to put up walls today. Oh, hallelujah. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. June 18th, 1815. 12 miles from Brussels 
two miles away from the village of Waterloo. Napoleon was finally defeated in a battle against the Duke of Wellington. A message was passed by semaphore, which means flag signals. This is how they were relaying messages from the battlefield to the home front was with flag signals. And so a ship in the channel was attempting to relay to the tower of Westminster Abbey. And they were attempting to relay a message. But the signal that was relayed simply says, Wellington defeated. Because in the middle of them trying to get the flags ready and begin to relay the message, a dense fog blew into the harbor. And all they were able to see before the fog washed out all visibility was Wellington defeated. It sent most of London into a time of grief and weeping. They fully believed that Napoleon had just defeated their armies. And they were scared and afraid. Until a few hours later, the wind began to blow. And when the wind began to blow, it blew the fog out of the channel where the ship was. And they noticed the man on the ship was relaying the signal again. And this time, the signal said, Wellington defeated Napoleon. It was just a temporary miscommunication because some bad weather moved in. Some confusion moved in. The inability to fully discern what was happening had came upon them and they were in weeping and mourning until they got the complete message. Until they saw what was actually being said and victory was actually on their side. Christ was crucified was beaten and bloodied prodded and pierced mocked and ridiculed that all happened but that was just the first day they spit on him and they yelled at him and they screamed at him but that was just the first day they laid the stripes on his back but that was just the first day they drove the nails to his hands and his feet, but that was just uh, the first day. The crown of thorns uh, brought blood streaming down his face, but that was just uh, the first day. The spear in his side brought water and blood, but that was just uh, the first day. That was the first day uh, when the sun went dark uh, and the earth shook uh, and everything looked like uh, all hope was gone, uh, but there was another day. Uh, there was the third day. Hallelujah when the sun began to rise and the stone was rolled away and they said he is not here for he has risen just like he said oh hallelujah stand with me if you would please I need somebody to grab a hold of the spirit of this message today 
I need you to grab a hold of what God can do in the next few minutes. I need you to stop thinking about what comes after service and what you're going to do next and where you're going to eat, where you're going to hang out. I need you to think about what comes right now. I need you to understand and begin to grab a hold of a promise that exists for all of us in this room today that no matter where we are in life, no matter what we're going through, there is a God ready right now to show us victory. There is a God right now for those who would repent of their sins that he is faithful and just to forgive us of those sins. That you don't have to walk out of here under the guilt and the condemnation of the sins of your life. But you can find forgiveness if you'll come up here and you'll kneel or stand, close your eyes or leave them open. I don't care what you do. But if you'll use your words from your heart and say, Lord, I'm a sinner and I'm sorry and I need you to forgive me. I repent of my sins unto you. There is a God that stands ready. Do you understand? There is a God who stands ready. Right now you're living in the darkness and the turmoil of sin. But there's a God that with our repentance stands ready to pierce through the sky with the sunshine of love and help you today. never been baptized in Jesus name for the remission of your sins you should think about getting baptized baptized for the remission of our sins for the washing away of all of our sins you know that heavy bag of regret that you drug in here today you can get baptized in Jesus name and leave that bag behind you can leave that behind you don't have to carry that anymore You don't have to carry the mistakes of your past. You don't have to carry the pain and the heartache of your sins, of your youth, or even what you did this week. There is a powerful promise in Scripture that if we will be buried with Him in baptism, the Bible says, which means to go completely under, to be immersed. When we rise up from that watery grave, we will rise up in newness of life. That's a promise of Scripture. There's a dramatic shift in the atmosphere. (laughs) And all of that junk stays behind you as you rise up. If you've never received the Spirit of the Lord into your life, if you've never been filled with the Spirit of the Almighty God as talked about repeatedly in Scripture, directed to us in scripture and evidenced by people speaking with other tongues as the spirit of God gives them the utterance. Having an experience with God that nobody can take away from you. Having an experience with God that nobody can tell you didn't happen. The power of the almighty God that perhaps you felt around you before now moving into you. And changing the way we act and react changing oh hallelujah where once I was weak now I am strong you can have that experience here today I'm telling you in the next few moments these things can take place in your life or if you need a healing in your body you can have that healing today you need deliverance in your mind that can happen today you need a relationship mended God can touch the relationship and the hope broken heart at the core of it he can do all of it because he controls 
all you're sensing right now perhaps is a strong wind and you're having a hard time hearing the preacher because the roar of the storm is so loud but I need you to hear me you're in a good climate don't walk out of here and stay in that situation embrace the Lord that is in this place and hear peace be still Oh, hallelujah. I'm talking about somebody needs to get some fire inside of you today. Somebody needs to get some urgency. Somebody needs to decide that today is the day. I'm not going to wait till next Sunday. I'm not going to think about it any longer. I'm not going to keep putting it on the back burner. I'm going to prioritize the Lord today. Today's the day I make my decision that I'm going to start changing some things. And I know I can't do it on my own. But Jesus Christ is the agent of change in my life. And I'm going to connect my Myself with him and I'm going to walk in the climate of Christ oh somebody needs to get a fresh dose of the spirit of the prophet Micah when he said in Micah 7 therefore I will look unto the Lord I will wait for the God of my salvation my God will hear me rejoice not against me oh my enemy when I fall I shall arise when I sit in darkness the Lord shall be a light unto me somebody needs to grab a hold of that spirit of Micah and you need to decide that's who I am. I fall down, but I'm going to get back up again. I may be in darkness, but the sun's about to shine. God's about to change it. Oh, I wish some prayer warriors would lift their hands and start praying right now. And I wish some people that if you've never even prayed in your life, I wish you would close your eyes and just say the name of Jesus, because that's all you need to do. Just start saying the name of Jesus. You don't have to quote some memorized prayer. You don't have to try to find some cute words. Just start saying, Jesus! Thank you for listening to our podcast this week. We hope you enjoyed this message. Remember, if you would like to find out more information about our church or to contact us, please go online at connectpointupc.com. And also don't forget to subscribe in your podcast app so you will be automatically notified of new episodes. Thank you and we hope you have a great week.